0: To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message.
1: Our scripture reading today comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1-7. through For we know that if the earthly tent we lived in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead, of, uh, instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead of with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith, not by sight. And from Luke, two other men, both criminals, were also led out with him to be executed. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The people stood watching, and the rulers even sneered at him. They said, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is God's Messiah, the Chosen One. The soldiers also came up and mocked him. They offered him wine vinegar and said, If you are the king of Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him which read, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't fear your God, he said, since you are under the same sentence. We are punished justly, for we are getting what we our deeds deserve but this man has done nothing wrong then he said jesus remember me when you come into your kingdom jesus answered him truly i tell you today you will be with me in paradise may god bless both the reading hearing and understanding of his word amen
0: so uh so i gotta tell you there was a uh, the pastor, during uh, one of his uh, one of his messages, was talking about this topic that we're going to talk about today. He was talking about heaven, and, and so he had, had called out to the congregation and, and said, I need some audience participation. And he says, so, he says, so how many of you are wanting to go to heaven? And if that is so, stand up, and, and just, you know, and everybody stood up except for, Except for this one gentleman who happened to be napping about a third of the way back. Didn't quite understand what was going on because he was sleeping. So so the pastor said, Okay, everybody sit down. And he says, So, so those of you who, who would like to go to hell, stand up. And that man that was napping woke up and he stood up and he looked at the preacher and he says, Preacher, I don't know what we just voted on, but it looks like you and I are the only ones going. I encourage you to have your bulletins with you. Uh, you know, in there, you've got spaces to write notes. There's also scripture passages and questions to reflect on throughout the week. Because when the Spirit speaks to you, especially this morning, I want you just to write it down. Don't forget what the Spirit is saying to you this morning, where God is guiding you. So will you pray with me? Gracious and almighty God, I thank you for bringing us into your holy presence. God, I ask that your spirit may dwell within us so that we may truly understand the words that you have for us. And God, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but yours, your message for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So today is our second week of Lent a season of self-reflection and and rededication. It's a time to focus on our relationship to God, a time to confess and repent from our sins and turn once again to God through Jesus Christ. Scripture is full of words written in red. These are words that Jesus spoke to his disciples. Remember the woman at the well, Mary and Martha, the woman who came to the tomb, the, the crowds that gathered to hear his teaching, and they are words he spoke to you and me. These words are important because they give insight into the triune God. But there are certain words that seem to carry a little more weight to them because of where they were spoken from. And so what I'm referring to, again, are those words spoken from the cross. The pain that Jesus was facing was unbearable. And if you follow the process of crucifixion, you'll know that while on the cross, it is incredibly difficult to breathe, let alone to speak words. Therefore, the words that Jesus spoke from the cross are the ones that we should pay very close attention to. And so that is what we're doing. That's what we do during Lent here. We focus on those last seven words from the cross. And so the, spe- the second word spoken from the cross is one of hope. It's a word of promise, a word of redemption and forgiveness. Sure, the, the first week was about forgiveness, but, but that doesn't mean we can't touch on it again. In fact, as when we talked last week about Jesus uh, and who he might have been speaking to. We actually never mentioned the two criminals on the cross was with him. But that is our word today. Today you will be with me in paradise. Today you will be with me in paradise. What is paradise? Where is it? Was Jesus speaking of, of heaven? Or was it something else? There's a few topics that, that many pastors will, will normally try to steer clear from. And many times, I'm not sure why it is, but it's heaven and hell. I just don't want to talk about that. But recently, I've actually shared a few messages about heaven. And, and most recently, during our, our journey, of, journey to Oz, when we focused on Dorothy and those, those moments that we long for home and i asked you about your views of heaven what it would be like who would we see what what might we do and also how and how we long to be there some earlier than others if we remember paul's words but these questions are good to raise mainly because we we don't really know sure we've had some pretty fantastical stories about people who have had near-death experiences and the visions that they have seen. We hear about a bright light, seeing family members, and, and being in the very presence of God. We also have Scripture that tells us about this place. We hear, like in our passage this morning from 2 Corinthians, about a home not made with hands, but eternal in the heavens. The Gospel of John gives us words from Jesus telling us that that He's going to prepare a place for us. That mansion with many rooms that we've heard about. And in Revelation, we have some detailed descriptions of streets of gold, walls of jasper, jewels adorning buildings, pearly gates, and just about the most majestic and peaceful sights that you could ever imagine. Sometimes I wonder about these descriptions. Is this, is what, is this what heaven is really going to look like? Or was John just trying to convey the, the sheer beauty of that place? I honestly don't know. But I know I'm looking forward to it. But we must see that Jesus speaks the word paradise. He does not say heaven. It is a different word. Is this important? I mean, since he is saying it from the cross, I would say that it is. Jesus' words are important. They hold a certain awe and certainty to them. So what exactly is paradise? Now, I have mentioned uh, previously, and it may actually have been in, a, in an Ask a Pastor Sunday about this, that, that paradise could be what some theologians call an intermediate state. Now, understand me when I say this. The intermediate state is not purgatory. I, I'm still not sure where that concept comes from, but, uh, because from what I know about purgatory, it would never be mistaken as paradise. What I'm saying here is that there's a lot of confusion as to what will happen before Christ returns. And heaven and earth collide to form the new heaven and the new earth. A place which is truly the kingdom of God. So the question becomes, when we die, do we immediately enter heaven? Or is it paradise? And if it is paradise, how long do we stay there? Good questions that many people have asked. And I would love to have deeper conversations about this, but we're going to have to keep it short. <laughs> this could go on for quite some time as we talk about this. But, but some believe that we enter paradise. Then when Jesus returns and takes us all to him, we are ushered into heaven. Part of this understanding, uh, the understanding of this, must come out of our understanding of our time and God's time. Our time and God's time. You see, we think linearly. Time has, a, has distinct constructs and is governed by certain laws. But those do not control God's time. God's time is outside of our time and outside of our understanding. A hundred years on earth might be a second in God's time. So if we believe that we are in paradise until Jesus returns, it might seem like a really long time on earth, but it could be an instant in heaven. Again, we can talk about this at a later time if you would like, but I think we need to hear the words of Jesus once again. Today you will be with me in paradise. These are the words spoken to the second criminal on the cross next to Jesus, but they're heard by both of them. The words are in response to the second criminal's request for Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. Prior to this, the first criminal is mocking Jesus, saying that if he was the Christ, he would save himself and them. In effect, this man was challenging Jesus' power. It's very similar to words that we know from earlier in Scripture. The time when Jesus is tempted in the desert. Because if you remember, Satan was tempting Jesus with the words, If you are the Son of God, was this just another temptation? A final temptation? For Jesus? That if he was the son of God, he could save himself off the cross and save those two criminals? But the criminal, you see, not only wants Jesus to save himself, but he wants to be saved too. Maybe he was thinking that because all three of them were together, that he would receive eternal life by association. You say that doesn't quite work. You don't get a, a free pass to heaven just because you know me or any other clergy. It's only through belief in Jesus Christ. It comes through repentance and forgiveness, like what the second criminal was doing on the cross. Only one of those criminals was offered words of life that day. We hear this story every year. Maybe we watch the The Passion of the Christ or Jesus of Nazareth or, or any other passion story about Jesus. We know about the two criminals. But I wonder if you've ever thought about this. Luke twenty three thirty two says two others were criminals, who are criminals, were led away to put to be death with him. You ever thought about the road that they traveled? I mean, some of you here have, have actually been to the Holy Land. You have seen Golgotha, the road and the road which Jesus traveled. Some of you might have even walked that Via Dolorosa. Far too often we think about Jesus being the only one to make that journey, but there were two others. That either went ahead of him, or followed behind him, or maybe one was on either side. Either way, they traveled that journey. One that would lead to their death. This is the worst day of their life. And their last. As Jesus walked with them, and Jesus walked right alongside with them. He was right by their side in their most difficult time. Two men did the same thing on their final day, but there was a stark contrast between the way they reacted to what was happening to them and also to what was happening to Jesus. One of the men was abstinent, unbelieving, and a little antagonistic. Rightfully so. After all, he was in the process of being executed. But even in the very presence of the divine, he still couldn't see. He just couldn't see. The other was repentant. Fully believing in who Jesus is, he asks Jesus to remember him when he comes into his kingdom. He's asking to be forgiven. And the word, while the words, I forgive you, were not spoken the assurance of being in paradise with Jesus was just as good. A word of forgiveness was waiting for both men that day. But only one heard them. Only one had his heart changed by the grace of God and his encounter with Jesus Christ. So the question I have for all of you today, all of you here and all of you that are watching, is what is your response? What is your response? We've heard the words from the first week of, Father, forgive them. That forgiveness is offered to you. The new life is here. Jesus is offering it to us today. All we have to do is accept it turn from our sinful ways, and try to live a more Christ-like life. What is your response? What is your response? I mean, are you hearing the words of assurance? The words of new life? That you will one day be with Jesus in paradise? Or are you still believing that that you can handle it all? that you really don't need Jesus. You see, once we realize how powerless we are against the temptations and the sin in our lives without the grace of God, that's when we can surrender our lives over to God. This is when we realize the fullness of the grace of God through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. You see, this grace is offered to us before we even ask for it. It is through the prevenient grace of God that we are guided back to God, called to reconcile. It is that grace that was working in both criminals that day, even if only one responded to that grace. But you see, it's also that grace that we will celebrate in just a few moments through the sacrament of baptism. It is that prevenient grace of God working in our lives before we knew. God reaching out and calling us back to Him all throughout our lives. That is what we celebrate through baptism. And we will celebrate that in just a few moments. But I want to reiterate, what is your response? What is your response to the first word "A Father, forgive them, for they know not what they're doing? And what is your response to today, you will be with me in paradise? Is your response like the first, criminal? Or is it the second? Say, Jesus, remember me. Remember me when I come, when you come into your kingdom. Will you pray with me? Loving and merciful God, God, we thank you for the gift of your presence and the gift of your grace. God, help us to, help us to understand your words for us. And understand that assurance that that one day we will be with you in paradise. God, guide us throughout this season as we continue to strive towards that Christ-like life. That life of repentance, of forgiveness, and of hope, grace, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. So go, knowing that the love of God, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you, and it goes with you always. Amen.